In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, we're going to consider uh, Romans 4, where Paul, after uh, giving the teaching on justification by faith, and not by works or observances, gives the example of uh, Abraham as the, the example of uh, this faith. Um, and so we'll just begin with that. A few remarks. Uh, difficult to locate Abraham. Uh, there has to be somebody who started this Jewish people and, and, and started this monotheism that was so strong that it's perdured up to today. And uh, in a world that there, in which there was none. So, there's a book by Albrecht Alt, it's up on my shelf someplace, called The God of the Fathers, and he points out that um, this unique reality of Abraham is something to be reckoned with. Uh, some of the archaeologists point to these Musi tablets in the, about 18th century B.C., uh, and uh, the customs that are there that are reflected in the life of Abraham, and are not part of Jewish law or Jewish uh, customs. One, the adoption by Eleazar, the uh, foreman of all Abraham's wealth and flocks and so forth, uh, who will be the one who will uh, uh, inherit if Abraham doesn't have a son. That was the law. There's nowhere in Jewish law. So, when Abraham is discussing with um, God in chapter 15 of Genesis, I said, you're going to have a veneer, and Abraham, trying to take it easy on God, says, oh yeah, Eliasar. And he said, not that one, one from your own body. Well, that would be, it wouldn't be a custom in Israel for that. So, we have these anomalies. Some of the historians are less sanguine about what we can know. Um, but there really was an Abraham. And uh, he really is the founder of monotheism to this day. Uh, whoever he was, he must have been a man. There's wonderful stories about him. I have, might have time to get into a couple of them. Uh, uh, but how he became a monotheist, well, I think it was just a revelation. The Bible starts, you know, we have this uh, story of the um, uh, Tower of Babel. And it ends on a screaming note of dissonance, right? They, they all scattered. And they, they didn't know what to do. And, uh, and then, we'd be expecting a certain um, remedy. Because every other time there's been sin, the Lord has provided a remedy. Adam and Eve, they, they knew that they were naked, and so he made clothes for them. 
you know, Cain and Abel, he put a mark on Cain. Uh, the flood, he spared Noah. There's always been a solution to the dilemma that sin has caused. Now, we have the Tower of Babel and no solution. Uh, we're expecting one. There's chapter 11 in the book of Genesis and um, there's no solution given right away. And so, we're waiting for one. And the text goes on, you know, uh, they could, nothing, you know, um, the end there. And then, these are the generations of uh, Seth and, and so forth. Seth was a uh, hundred years old and he begat and so forth. Life goes on. We're waiting for a solution. Every other time there's been a disaster caused by sin, there's been a solution. Now we've had a universal disaster. Men are scattered all over the universe. They can't talk to one another. It's over. And there's no solution. Um, and then uh, we're told, you see, about Abram, and that, that we all know about Abram is his wife is childless, uh, and he's the third son of uh, Terah. That's all we know. And it's that one. All of a sudden, uh, chapter 12 opens out of nowhere. God just breaking in. And God, and Yahweh, Adonai, said to Abram, Go from your land, from your clan, and from the house of your father to a land that I will show you. That's the beginning. So Abraham, you see, that's why in Deuteronomy 24, when we have a cradle, uh, Deuteronomy is talking about this. Um, uh, my father was a wandering Aramean. That's Abram. You see? And he brought us down to this land. And then we went down to Egypt. And now we're back. And I offer you this the fruit of the land that you have given us. It's a confession of faith uh, followed by the rendering of the tithe to God. Uh, so he's not remarkable for anything except, as the text points out, obedience. He obeys. And so the text says, um, you see, uh, very interesting, of, of just a little bit of, uh, you see, uh, Adonai said to Abram, Lech lecha, go. And the text says, therefore, and I will make of you a great nation. Here's a childless man. Uh, and I will make of you a great nation. Uh, and I will bless and make you great, your name great. And you will be a blessing. People will bless their names and bless themselves in, in your name and so forth. So there's a, a command and a promise. And then the text says, Vayelech, and he went. Obedience. We don't know any more about him. Uh, from that point of view. I'm going to look at some reflections about Abram, some in the Bible and some in the tradition. But we need Abraham for one reason is in our study of Romans. He believed God and it was credited to him as justice or righteousness. Huh? And we uh, saw that uh, which is here in Genesis, a few chapters from the material I've just read, and Paul is going to build his whole case on this. 
um, that we are justified by faith, not by works, and not by circumcision. Because Abraham was only circumcised, circumcised himself at God's command after this. And so, uh, this is not, it's, it's, it's this obedience. All right. So the text says then, What then shall we say Abraham found our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified from works, he would have something to boast about, but not before God. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for justice. Now that's this text I just mentioned. I'll read a bit of it for you. Uh, it's in it's in Genesis 15, uh, the first part, where God comes to Abraham. After these things, uh, the word of Adonai to Abraham uh, in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. Abram says, Adonai, Adonai, what will you give me? I am going on in years and I'm old. I'm a I'm hundred years old. And um, this fellow, this Damascene fellow, Eliadzar, because as I pointed out, that would be the custom. Known from the Newsy tablets, known not from uh, Israelite law. Um, and so, uh, and Abram went on, Behold me, you have not given me a, a child, a seed, and now I am really old. And then behold, the word of Adonai to him, saying, That one will not be your heir. Uh, but one that comes from your own body will be your heir. And he took him outside, it was night, and he said, look up at the, star, at the heavens and count the stars if you can. Well, if you've ever been out in a, like, a, a near eastern desert, like Sinai, where we used to go a lot, I lived over there, we'd go at least twice, once or twice a year to take students on a tour and all the rest. Now, I think I've already told you about this part. But the Arabs call the desert a cold place heated by the sun. When the sun goes down, it's pretty chilly in the desert. And so, but you've got your sleeping bag. You're lying on the, on the, on the ground with your sleeping bag and looking up at this sky, which is pitch, pitch black. Now, there's no fog out there because there's no rain out there. There's no moisture out there. There's, God knows there's no street lights or city lights. There's nothing. So you see thousands and thousands of stars. It's breathtaking. Hard to get to sleep. You just get so excited looking at all these stars. Uh, so God takes him out and shows him that. And he says, you see, uh, uh, look at the stars and count the, the, look at the heavens, count the stars if you can uh, count them. And he said to him, such will be your seed. Such will be your, your posterity. And this is the line. Vehemin 
ואדוני, ויחשבהה לא צדקה. And he put his weight on Adonai, and this was counted to him as righteousness. Justice. Now that, you see, belief there means then you're, you put your weight on, you, you, you're leaning on, you've made God firm. I went over some of this last week, if you remember. We, we, um, the word for firm is amen, where we get amen. You know, I confirm it. Amen, amen, you know. Amen. Because what is true, that's the word for emet, is the word for truth. It means, is it solid? Is it right? That's what's true. You see? And so to make God solid, to make God true, um, that's amen. That's this word, you see? Um, and so, um, it says, "Vehemin ben Adonai, he he uh, made God firm in his own regard." The image, if you want, he leaned so on, leaned over so far on God, making God solid. I trust you. I lean my whole life on you. If he's not solid, you fall flat on your face. That's me. I trust you. I love you. But I believe you. You know, suppose your rich uncle called up and said, uh, I'm going to give you uh, $35,000 next week. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you can, this is a solid fellow. He's not a joker. He's going to give it to you. So what do you do? You believe him. So already you're living, oh, that living room rug I wanted to get fixed. I can get a new one now. You know, maybe I'll even get a new car, you know. And you're thinking about, because you're acting in belief. You believe your uncle. Now you're going to live on that belief. So that's what's being said here. All right, we'll take a break.